Thank you, Lord. Well, God, I just pray today that you would help us to, to surrender, God, the things in our life that, well, maybe we, we, we've been holding on to frustrations or anger or, or guilt or whatever it might be. God, I just pray you would help us to surrender those things to you because you are the Lord of Lords. We've just sung it, that you are our Lord. But Lord, we've given you our, our, our lives, Lord. We've... We say those things, but Lord, I just pray that now, right now that you'd help us to give those things to you as well. That God, we surrender all the things that might be obstacles for us in going forward. Lord Jesus, we, we long to see you glorified, to see you lifted up, to see all people know the hope that we have in you. Lord, your, your love for us is amazing beyond words. Lord Jesus, that you would leave the comfort of heaven, that you would come to this earth and die for a sinner like me, for all of us, Lord, who are sinners. Lord Jesus, that you would do that for us is such amazing grace. Lord, out the longing of our heart is that people would know the loving God who created them, who has grace and hope and a future for them. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be those people day by day by day. That Lord can celebrate it, that can have joy and victory in knowing that you are our Saviour. And that Lord, no weapon formed against us shall prosper, because Lord, we are in the hands of the Creator, Almighty God. I just pray, Lord, this morning that you would just lift the burdens off anyone's shoulders that feels burdened this morning, God. That Lord, you would just bring, bring a sense of victory, Lord, where there's discouragement, where there's... Lord, just tiredness, Lord, that you would re rejuvenate each person. And Lord, bring excitement about the journey ahead. Bring excitement about this afternoon and bring excitement about the week ahead. Because Lord, you are Lord of all. And Lord, it's in your hands. We just long to see you glorified, God. We just thank you for your presence here this morning, Lord. We just thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit that you've sent to empower us every single day. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray you'd help us just to be sensitive to your still, small voice speaking to us this morning, Lord. Lord, I thank you for every one of the kids that's in here this morning with us, Lord. I just thank you for speaking to them, Lord. Lord, maybe it's something that you just drop in their mind as I speak. Lord, maybe it's something I say, but Lord, that you would speak to our hearts individually, I pray this morning in Jesus' name. And Lord, as a church, that we would have a sense of where you're leading us. Lord, we'd have a greater a greater commitment to that thing that you're calling us to because it becomes, just becomes a little clearer this morning, God. Lord, that you would be glorified through all that we do, all that we say, and through us we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Great job. So good to have Josiah back with us, leading worship again. Thanks, Josiah. Fantastic. I'm just going to drop this down onto the floor because I'm going to trip over. There we are. Fantastic. Well, we're going to open God's Word together right now. And if you've got your Bibles, I encourage you to open up to John chapter 21. And we're going to read. Thank you, Lord. How you going, kids? Doing well? Having a good holiday? Fantastic. They're a little tired. <laughs> John chapter 21 and verse 1. I was just going to point out too, if anyone does need the parents' room, feel free to go out to the parents' room. You've got the, the, the screen and the sound out there. It's all opened up. So, 
Let's go. John chapter 21 and verse 1. It says this, later. And if you read the word later, you sort of think, well, after what? Later than what happened? So at the point we're reading in John chapter 21, it's, it's later after Jesus has been crucified. He's risen again. The disciples have seen him, except Thomas wasn't there. Thomas is there and he's going, I'm not going to believe this unless I see the scars in his hands and if I put my hand on his side, I will only believe if I can do that. And a little later, Jesus comes to Thomas and says, well, guess what, Thomas? You can put your hands in my side if you'd really like to. And, and these things have happened just before. After these things, later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several, several, several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana, not from Colac, in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and the two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Has anyone ever been fishing all night and caught nothing? I went fishing this week for an hour and caught nothing, and that was just too long. <laughs> anyway, verse 4. Sorry, uh, i turn it on, then turn it off again. There we go. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the, the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? So, I wonder if he's sort of like going, I know you haven't. <laughs> have you caught any fish, guys? <laughs> Bad luck. <laughs> no, they replied. Then he said, throw your net out on the right-hand side of the boat, then you'll get some. So they did. And I just wonder if they're in the boat going, yeah, good on you, mate. He said, we'll throw our nets over this side. And they, they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about 100 yards from shore. You know, there's different people in every boat, isn't there? There's some that just want to run out and go and meet Jesus, and there's some that want to work with the net. There's some that have to row the boat a bit further. There's different people in every boat, including this boat. God help us to work together. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. That's a great morning right there. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Can you picture it? Can you smell the bread? Smell the fish. Bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus said. So Simon and Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the, none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Who loves fishing? <laughs> Who loves adventure? Who loves Getting out and going somewhere you've never been, doing something you've never done. Yep, for some of us, we've probably had it instilled in us since we were 10 years old. We went on that camping trip that was just a disaster. Do not go on hiking adventures. That's a scary thought. Uh, others of you have probably had it since a kid that you loved adventures. You loved going fishing. You remember that time with your dad and you went to that place and you fished off the little jetty and you caught all those fish and it was midnight and you stayed up so late. Um, all of us have probably got wired into us whether we feel like we love fishing, we hate fishing, we love adventure, or we hate adventure. 
And for everyone, we, 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 we sort of, through the things that happen in our life, can so easily get channeled one way or the other. But to me, one of the saddest things that can happen in this life is that when experience and things that happen in life discourage us from going anywhere new, discourage us from trying anything different and starting any new adventure. You know, Jesus came to call people to follow him, to be his disciples, to grow and to know about our Saviour. Growth takes courage. It takes courage to do something new, to, to grow by doing something new. When I trained as a, an athlete, I, I had to lift a little bit heavier weights than I'd done the month before if I was going to grow. If we're going to grow, it takes courage to do something new. God has called us to follow Him and not just know Him. He's called us to, to not just believe in Him, but to trust Him and step out in the adventure, the journey that God has for us. Jesus didn't say, come, believe in me. He said, come, follow me. He said, I'm going to teach you what, to do what I do, to do even greater things than these. Jesus has called us to an adventure. Are you excited? I hope so. Are you nervous? I hope so. Because it's going to be exciting. <laughs> this morning, my message I've titled, Next Steps, because God wants to lead us forward. God wants us to lead us forward in next steps. He doesn't want us to get complacent and just to sit where we are, to stay where we are, and just enjoy the ride till we, till we get to heaven. He wants us to take another step. He, takes, he wants us to move forward and to grow. You know, the heart of this church and the heart of this CRC has always been to see people revived and released and to go out and make disciples. Um, in a couple of weeks' time, we've got Pastor Ian Richardson coming to, to share with us. He's the, the pastor that began this church, and, and I've loved going back and reading through the, the, the vision things he wrote in his diary and things that he's passed on to me and said, Andrew, this is, this is what I felt God saying for the church in Colac. And I've loved going back and reading those things and, and seeing the heart was for people to come in and be revived, to find life in Jesus Christ, that they'd be so full of life and full of God that would be revived and, and, and released to go out and make disciples. The disciple making doesn't happen here just on a Sunday morning. Disciple making happens all through the week when we go and talk to people, when we read the Bible in life groups, when we meet together for a coffee. It's about being revived together that we go out and be his hands and feet. That's the heart of the CRC. The CRC was never started as a new denomination. It was a movement of people that were, were moving to see revival come to this nation and to New Zealand in particular. I believe that's God's desire for every person that's here and every person on the face of this planet, that God would revive them, that he would infill them with his Holy Spirit and release them to be his hands and feet, to be his ambassadors on this earth. But this morning on our Vision Sunday AGM I want to talk a little bit this morning about what that looks like for us as a church. You may be here for the very first time, you may feel old and like you're unable to, to do something new, you may feel too young to do something new, you may feel too whatever it might be. But I want to ask you this morning, just imagine what it would look like. Just, just imagine, you may have never ever made a decision to follow Christ. But just imagine for a moment that you're just going to dive in. You're totally committed. You're going to give your life to serve God. 
to be his hands and feet, to be a part of his church, would you just try it on for the next 30 minutes? King David wrote in Psalm 34, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. I reckon as you, as you try it on, as you taste it, as you see what his plan is, you're going to like what you see. Before we talk about where to is in next steps for us as a church, we need to know God's purpose for us as a church. What does a healthy church look like individually, together, within community and globally? What do these things look like? Just really briefly, individually, God's plan for us is to know Him, to grow in an understanding of who He is, to know our Creator, to know what our salvation really means, that we are new creations in Christ, that the old is gone, that the new has come. Individually, to have a fellowship with His body, to, to be in relationship with God's family. That's His plan for us individually. Individually, it's to be His representatives wherever we go individually. God's plan is for you to be Christ in that place. Together, oh sorry, last year we did a whole series on why church, on, on, on knowing God and honouring Him, on honouring one another, to grow in understanding, grow about relationship, fellowship with one another, and mission, being His representatives. Together, God wants us to find ways to encourage one another. You can't do that on your own. God's plan is for us to come together and encourage one another, not just to do it the same old ways we've always done it even, but to be creative and find ways to encourage one another, to care for one another. That's God's plan for you and me, for all of us together. That together we might connect, grow, worship and encounter the living God together. That we would be impacted by His Spirit working in and through us. Within our community we're called to be a light, to serve and share Christ. To serve our community and to love them, to share Christ, to, 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 to live it and communicate it. Oh, there we are, the Gospel. You might have heard this saying before, good works create goodwill for good news. And as we show God's love through our good works, we create goodwill for people to have an open heart to hear the good news. If you go up to someone and say, God loves you, but don't help them with their need, how do they see God's love in you? God wants to cause us together within our community to, to, to love people with, with good works that creates goodwill for the good news to, to, to penetrate people's hearts that they might be saved. That's God's plan for us within our community. And globally, God's called us to be an encouragement to our brothers and sisters. That might be our brothers and sisters on the other side of town. It might be our brothers and sisters on the other side of the state, the other side of the country, on the other side of the world. God has called us to be an encouragement to his body in other places. You read through the New Testament and it's letters from congregation, from people to people in different places. It's a pattern of what God has called us to be and do. Globally, God has called us to do all we can to help spread the gospel of Jesus to all nations. That's why we give over $30,000 a year to missions to support other people as they seek to, to lift up the name of Jesus in their towns, in their cities, in their nations. Globally, it's to show the love of God. When there's, I've been so blessed at times when there's been a natural disaster or something happened in the world and someone's come to me and said, oh, Andrew, you guys would be doing something. Your, your church would be doing something. Like, well, how can we get involved with what you're doing in supporting that 
thing that happened with that flood, with that earthquake. And praise God, people in this city know that this church does things for people in the world who are suffering. And I think all praise to God. <coughs> Excuse me. All praise to God that that, that that is what we're doing. That's what we're seeking to do. It's just through the week. Um, I had some sad news from Papua New Guinea. Um, a lot of you would know Pastor Peter and Vami Igorobi. Um, their daughter Priscilla, who's about the same age as me, passed away on Sunday night. And uh, the funeral was just on Friday. And, and as a church, I know this myself on behalf of the church and others as well have contacted them and said, we're praying for you. Uh, we, we're, we just want to stand with you in this, in this time. It's the second one of their, their children that's passed away in the last number of years. And as a church, we have a connection with them. We can be an encouragement to them. Through the week, we've had contact with a pastor who's a, uh, a Sudanese guy living in a refugee camp in Kenya. He's been there for 16 years. And as a church, we're supporting him. We, we, we are in connection with him. We, we send money to help them. And you as a church are a part of that. That's what we're doing right now. We've got people in Arnhem Land, in Northern, Northern Territory right now, coming back to Victoria for a short time. Shannon, who grew up in this church, they're coming back and we're going to connect with them. We're going to encourage them and we send support as a church on a monthly basis to help them with their work in the Aboriginal communities and in the Northern Territory. That was another one as well. Beryl, yesterday, tra travelled all the way to Melbourne to the African Action uh, AGM to hear about what's going on with African Action, the children's homes and different things they're doing because we want to be an encouragement to those around the world to sp help spread the gospel everywhere and anywhere we can. And that's God's plan for us as a church. There's a mentality in our world that sometimes says, I'll go if it helps me advance. I'll go if it helps me get ahead. It's totally in contrast to God's ways. It's a totally in contrast to what God would call us to be and do. It's, it could be a job or it could be a life group. It could be a church. It could be a school. It could be a friendship. I'll go if it helps me get ahead is the mentality in some parts of the world. I was really blessed when we had our Business Connect dinner last year when Wes spoke about business. And he talked about the contrast to the old Babylonian system of just trying to get ahead, of trying to advance self at the expense of others around us. And how God's kingdom is totally opposed to that. It's, it's advance others before ourselves. It's serve the community around us with God's love. It's be a blessed business so you can be a blessing to others. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city, we're told. Have a listen to these verses. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. The same guy who jumped out of the boat. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you'll receive a crown of never-ending glory and honour. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time He will lift you up in honour. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour I find that really interesting that he talks about someone to devour and he's just been talking about humility and pride. So often pride comes before destruction. 
Paul says to the Galatians in chapter 5, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. To the Philippians, he says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you looking to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And it goes on to say how Christ gave up his life. He so loved the world that he gave his life for each one. Ephesians 4, Paul says, to the Ephesians in his letter, writing to his brothers and sisters, he's wanting to encourage and help grow and go on in their faith. As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And finally to the Colossians, he says, But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in in knowledge and in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, Colachian, Geelongian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Sorry, this is the last one. I thought the last one was the last one. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Be grateful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish, which means caution, rebuke, warn one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. God wants to lead us forward. He doesn't want us to go back to the ways of the world. He wants us to go forward and being a, in a, in a sanctification journey, as Brian was sharing about last week. <clears throat> Paul's saying, it's okay, guys, you, you're doing well. But the steps that God wants to lead you forward in, this is what the journey of faith looks like, he's saying. This is the game plan. This is the, 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 the strategy to go forward. Be full of love. Be so compassionate. Be so kind. Let your goodness ring out everywhere you go. Jesus puts it a different way, but very similarly. In Matthew chapter 20, 
verse 25 to 28, Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. God has called us to serve and not be served, to, to be a servant and not look to be served. Now the truth is we can go back fishing anytime we want. We can go, actually fishing is a great thing to do. It's, it's good fun, it's, it's refreshing, it's, you get to enjoy God's creation. You can, hopefully if you're really blessed you may catch a fish and be able to eat something at the end of it. Paul says to, uh, in, the, in Corinthians chapter 7, he says, uh, if you continue on as you, when you are saved, if you're a, a slave, keep, keep going as a slave and be the best slave you can be to, to show God's love. He says, if you're free, stay free and keep living for God's glory. If you're a fisherman when you got saved, keep going as a fisherman. If you were whatever you were when you were saved, keep going in those things. It's not a bad thing to be a fisherman. I don't want to say that. But it's so easy to go back to fishing and, and, and just serve ourselves rather than follow on with the call God's called for us. Have a listen to the, the next part of John chapter 21. Jesus served the, the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to the disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, son of, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Just a little further down in verse 20, it says, Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during the supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. We started off by talking about the sadness of those who have some experience and, and shrink back from the journey ahead. That They don't want to go anywhere new. They don't want to try anything new. The sadness of that. Just think about Peter for a moment. Think about Peter and if at that moment he heard Jesus ask that three times, do you love me? He said, you know I love you, but, but Jesus, I'm, I don't want to look after any sheep. I just, want to feed, I just want to go feed fish. That's what you do when you go fishing, isn't it? Imagine Peter, he says, Jesus, you know I love you, but I'm, I'm, I just can't do what you've called me to go and do. I'm, I'm staying here. I'm just going to go back to fishing. This is where I am, Jesus. This is what I know. Imagine 30, 40 years time down the track. Peter's lying in his bed. And he's just thinking about that day when Jesus said to him, do, do you love me? And his response. And I wonder if Peter lying in his bed 30 years later might have just thought, why didn't I... Why didn't I why didn't I just do it? Why didn't I give it a go? Why didn't I get involved? Why didn't I say, yes, Lord, okay, 
I'm leaving this behind and I'm coming to follow you. I just wonder how, much, how, how Peter would have felt lying in his bed if he had have just turned back and gone to the, back to the fishing and, and never gone on with the plans Jesus had set for him. Now, I'm sure God could have raised up another person to do Peter's role, but Peter would have missed out. Think of all the things that Peter would never have been a part of. And we can have that same choice too. We have that choice to come follow him. It doesn't mean you stop doing the things that you do, but what are we there for? What's our purpose in the place that we go each day, our workplace, our school? Are we there just to get ahead, just to, just to get a little bit of knowledge, a little bit more money? Are we just there to get ahead or are we there because we love God and we love the lambs, those that don't yet know him? Are we, are we there because we love people, the people that God has created and wants to know the hope that they can have in him? What's our motive behind the things that we do day by day? Are we going back fishing or are we going to come follow him? Are we going to take that next step in showing grace, in showing love, in showing kindness and grace? You know, the greatest risk for most of us isn't taking a risk, but that we do not risk for the things that really matter. I want to read that again. The greatest risk for most of us isn't taking a risk, but that we do not risk for the things that really matter. What are the things that really matter in your life? Your family, your church, your God. What are we, what are we choosing to risk to advance, to take those next steps in those things for God's glory. Let's choose to take a step of risk for God's glory. I wonder on our dying day, what, are, what, what do we want to be remembered for? What, what do we hope that people will say about us on our dying day? I wonder, are we on our way there? I wonder for us as a church, what do we hope in 20 years' time, 30 years' time, people are going to say about the Christian Family Church in Colac? What do we desire that people might say about us? That we talked about God's love, but we uh, were always fighting? No way. We said God loves us, but we just told everyone off all the time? No way. I don't want it to be what we're known for. I want us to be people who have a love for God and a love for His people, who feed sheep, who look after lambs. The people of God, are, uh, you know, old sheep need feeding too. New sheep need feeding, old sheep need feeding. Sheep who don't know they have a shepherd need feeding. Whether people agree or disagree with our beliefs, my desire, and I want to read some of these things, my desire is that people would say, that church, those people talked about the love of God and they loved people no matter what. They didn't apologise for their beliefs, but they offered love and support to so many people. It started off with kids, they had programs and activities, they mentored kids in schools, they helped mums be better mums, they supported dads to encourage each other to be better dads. They didn't forget about the older people, they loved and honoured the elderly, they served and blessed them. And it wasn't just the programs, it was the people themselves, just serving the community. When there was a crisis in the community, there was always someone from that church that was available and who came to help. When people had financial trouble, they always tried to help out. They were like Jesus. That's what I hope people might say about this church in 10, 20, 30 years' time, even tomorrow. <laughs> how do we see it happen? How can, how can we see these things come to pass? 
This year, my goal is to employ 200 people here in Colac that will be full-time representatives of Jesus and this church, his body at CFC. You're right, they won't be paid, but they will be blessed as they truly live and communicate the power of the gospel. Each weekend, they'll meet together. And through the week, they'll meet up to encourage each other as well. They'll remind each other of God's love. And they'll go out to show his love through kindness and care and the gospel. Through giving time to older people, through helping run programs for kids and mums and dads and families. They'll run businesses and work for businesses that honour their bosses and honour their employees. They'll have integrity and not speak evil of anyone. But they'll always look for opportunities to share the hope and love of Jesus with people they meet. I wonder, will you be one of those 200 people? I know many of you are already one of those 200 people. And even right now, there's people talking about this church. Just the other day, before the school holidays started, I had a school principal say to me, Andrew, I was talking to a family and they're, they're talking about going to this kids program. Is that, that church you're a part of, is that the one with all the kids programs and the young people's programs and whatever? This is a guy that lives in Lara and has only been in Colac for nine months maybe and he's heard something about this church that has these kids programs. I think, yes, praise God. Let Jesus be praised. Others of you who worked in the community have said to me how people that you work with are watching the things that we do. And I think, praise God. Let God be glorified through the things that we do. Yep, we're far from perfect, but hey, let's have a go. Let's take a risk that God might be praised, that people might come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You might remember three years ago, Pastor Bruce Sharman, the state chairman of the CRC, came here and he, he felt that God was speaking to us and saying he's raising up people as signposts here in the church and in the community that are going to point people to, to, to God through this church. They're going to see the love of God and that people are going to rise up. And I believe as a church, he's raising each one of us up to be a signpost, to point to him. That when someone says about the great programs we have at the church, I don't say, yeah, I started a great youth ministry a few years back. I say, no, we have a great team. We have an awesome team who just love God and love people. And we give to God the praise. We give God the glory for the things that are happening. I want to finish by asking one last question. How can you prepare for the journey ahead? What does the next step look like for you today? Maybe it's to be revived, that you just need to plan in that time to spend with God, to read His Word, to, to, to get a journal and start to write things down. I have a journal. Every year I start a new journal and it's, it's my life with God in, in a book. And it's, I was thinking about it. It's so precious, but at the same time it's not because what happened in the book really happened in here. And it, maybe you need to get a journal and start to write down the things that God's speaking to you. Maybe you need to, to, to plan in a time that you can go to a life group and read with someone and, and pray together. Just to meditate on His Word. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in your tongue. Secondly, maybe it's being committed to serve. Maybe it's not just saying, yeah, I'll help out. And then you just disappear for a while and you help out. It's committing to serve. Maybe that's the step you can take. Committing to, to feed and care for sheep and to care and feed for lost sheep. Maybe it's to look for ways to encourage. You can join a life group, not for your own benefit, for someone else's. Did you know when you join another life group, that group's encouraged? Well, hopefully, you can be an encouragement to that group. 
Maybe it's one-on-one, you want to catch up with someone and say, hey, I just want to encourage you, I just want to have a, grab a coffee together, a cup of tea, and, and just pray together. I just, want to, I just love to catch up and read the Bible with you. Maybe you need someone that's going to help you to do that day by day, week by week. Maybe you want to commit to say, I want to help walk with people when they become Christians and help in that discipleship process. I believe God wants to raise a team of people in this church to be people that help disciple new Christians. Maybe it's committing to encourage overseas people. We'd love to have some more people a part of our global missions team that, that regularly communicates with people in other places and cities and, and missions that we're connected to, that we can encourage them more and that we can communicate back to the church what's happening in those places. Maybe the next step for you is to recognise your gifts and to begin to use them for God's glory. To think about that maybe you have practical gifts, maybe you have cooking gifts, maybe you have hospitality gifts, maybe you just have a love for kids, maybe you have a love for seniors, maybe you have a love for families, to find a way to use that gift for God's glory. You know, I'm cautious in sharing stories, but this is what I'm going to do. I heard the other day that there was someone in this church that didn't have a light bulb change for a very, 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 very long time because they didn't want to put anyone out. And I would love as a church if we had a team of people that said, I am the light bulb changer. If there's a light bulb to be changed, I am it. Come and see me. And then we'd have a team that say, we're that team. And if you need it, come and tell us because we want to change some light bulbs. We want to change some, some washers in taps. In fact... I might need you because I've never done that. (laughs) Actually, our taps are quite fine. Thank you, Jesus, for our taps. Um, I heard someone else say they need someone. But if we have a team of people that can do that, fantastic. If you've only got 20 people, you you, you find out those needs. But did you know, in this end of 2016, there's over 200 people that call CFC home. And it is so hard to find out the needs of every person all the time. But we need to make it all the more easy for people to be cared for. And if you put your hand up, I'll put you on that list right now. Tap changes. Anyway, you can come and see me later. Write on your care card. I love what Pastor Barry Chance said when he was here, whenever that was. He said, ask God, what gift do I need most for this season? And maybe you can ask God for a gift to share with this church in this season. Maybe the next step for you is to get baptised. There is a power in obedience to baptism I believe is powerful. As a church, we believe that baptism is for believers, that it's a decision to to identify that you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, and we get a bathtub up here, and we dunk you right under, and you say, I'm giving it all to him. We we immerse you in that water. And God's called us to be baptised, not just physically, but spiritually through our lives, that we might be immersed in him, that we might be aware of him that we might carry his presence everywhere we go, that his Holy Spirit would wash over people when we enter the room. Because the love of God in us can change lives, individually, together, within our community and across the world, God can move when he has a person who is fully committed to him. I'm going to ask the band to come and we're going to close. There's a saying, and to be honest, this saying probably doesn't have great origins or meanings or connotations but I'm going to share it with you anyway there's a saying let's paint the town red which basically my understanding is mean let's go crazy we're going to party like it's no tomorrow and there's probably some bad connotations to that saying 
But I want to say this morning, let's paint the town red with God's love. It's unlimited, it's unrestrained, it's, it's wild, it's crazy, it's a little bit risky. But we're going to paint the town red with God's love. Let's go the next step. Let's go forward with a, a passion and an unrestrained love for God and people to paint the town red with God's love, to paint the city red with God's love, to paint this nation red with God's love. I just see like God's love painted all over every home, every business, every person. And I just think, wow, what a world it would be if we could see every person know the love of God that he has for them. Can we stand? I just want to pray. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray that you would help us to be that church. Lord, we know we are not perfect. We are far from it, Lord. But Lord God, we just thank you for your sanctifying work in us. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would help us each to see that next step that we can take individually and together that we would see you lifted up more and more and more in these days. Lord, we just thank you for the other congregations in this city. and We pray for them also that you would lift them up, Lord, that we would work together for your kingdom's sake. Lord, I just pray for anyone this morning who maybe for this last 30 minutes has just tried on has, has thought about what it would be like to be a follower of Jesus. You know, this morning you can ask Jesus to forgive you for your sin, to say sorry for the things that you've done, and you can turn and follow Him today. The greatest sin we can ever commit is to try and live with ourselves as God. God is Lord and there is no other. And to become a Christian means becoming, it means choosing to make Him Lord of your life once again. And you can make that decision even this morning. Lord, I pray right now that for anyone in the room who's, who's at, at that point, Lord Jesus, I just thank you that you hear their prayer. And the moment we call on the name of the Lord, the moment we call on your name for forgiveness, that we give our life to you, we are saved. It is finished, Jesus said on the cross. There is nothing we have to do to gain your approval. And Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your grace. Lord, our desire is to grow, to, to go forward in this adventure with you that we might see more and more people know the hope that we have in you. And we just pray, Lord, for this year ahead that we would see more and more people come to salvation, Lord, that we would see more people take that step of baptism. But Lord, as a church, we would be a more encouraged, more united, more love-filled, more grace-abounding church than ever before. Expand our vision, Lord, individually and together, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing this song. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. If that's you, then sing it out. If you've made that decision this morning to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I'd love if you could just come and tell me after the service. Maybe you'd like us to pray for you. You can come now and we'll pray for you if you'd like. Let's stand and let's sing. This is my desire to honour you. Let's stand it, let's sing it, and let's meet it with every part of our heart.